The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. And we had... Uh, a very nice conference here in Kansas City in April, and one of the speakers that day is with us uh, to talk with us today. That is Linda Rutherford. She's the Vice President of Communications and Outreach for Southwest Airlines, and previous to that, she was the Vice President of Public Relations and Community Affairs for the airline. She's been with Southwest since 19. 19- 92 and played lots of different roles in the public relations, communications, and we're going to talk with her today about how all of that and more has helped shape the culture at Southwest and how they have used those types of storytelling techniques uh, not just to build their culture, but to build one of the most successful business brands in history, actually. Before Southwest Airlines, Linda was a reporter for the Dallas Times-Herald, where I found out that she actually covered aviation for a while, and she has an extensive background in newspaper and magazine reporting. Welcome to the show today, Linda. Thanks so much for having me. So, as I mentioned, you were here for the Central Exchanges Leadership Lyceum back in April, and I had the opportunity to not only hear your keynote, but to attend one of your breakout sessions as well. And what I was struck by was everybody knows that Southwest Airlines has done a great job of building their brand. They tell, a, they have a great story. Uh, you have uh, what from all in, you know from an outsider looking in perspective it appear to be a, a great culture offer great customer experience you hear those stories over and over and over again and as you explained that uh, i couldn't help but be struck that this isn't something that you do that's just a technique you everybody there every associate there really lives and breathes this and believes this. And I think that that is the real key, is that it's not just a marketing technique. It's something that truly permeates your company. And I'm hoping that today you'll share some of those take, those uh, stories with us and talk to us about how you have shaped the brand there at Southwest. Well, be, be delighted to. You know, it's been a, uh, as you mentioned, I've been with the company in June. will will be 22 years. And um, the the way they described the airline to me in 1992, it, it, what I love is, is despite the dynamic change that's happened in the airline industry and certainly with the way people travel today, there are still those core elements that are very much alive and well uh, at Southwest Airlines. And it really does come from having built a strong corporate culture, um, a people-first culture, one where there is just an intense effort uh, in finding, sourcing, recruiting, and finding the right kind of people to work here. Uh, and and we, we do spend a lot of time 
uh, doing that. We've been known to interview, you know, 100 people for a single position because we're looking for, you know, just that right kind of person who is um, teamwork-oriented, who is built to serve, we like to say, um, and who can live up to the ideals of our culture, which are basically built on three key tenets, and we call it living and working the Southwest way, which is built on an employee having a warrior spirit, a servant's heart, and a fun-loving attitude. And that, has, that, that was true on June 18, 1971, when the airline took to the skies, uh, and it remains true today, even though we've become you know, the, the nation's largest domestic carrier. Right. Well, and that wasn't that, – that's something uh, that you guys really weren't planning from the beginning. As I remember from your talk, the the company got started because you're trying to figure out how to move deer hunters around Texas inexpensively. Isn't that right? Right. So the, the founder, Herb Kelleher, was talking to uh, an, an attorney, and they had an interest in, in trying to move hunters around the state of Texas inexpensively. And it sort of came, uh, actually the whole idea for an airline, uh, for the airline was drawn on a cocktail napkin Mm -hmm. uh, in a hotel bar in San Antonio, Texas. And they they built, or they drew at that time what was called the Texas Triangle, thinking that if there was a way to provide affordable air service between, you know, Dallas um, and Houston and San Antonio, that there would be, uh, um, you know, an incentive for those those people to get up out of their cars because Texas is a great big state right. uh, and fly to their destinations. And so, you know, that, that idea that came from, um, you know, a drawing on a cocktail napkin, um, you know, was born and it was, it was disruptive in an industry that was, that was fairly uh, staid at the time. Um, and, you know, with, uh, with the emergence of Southwest Airlines, it really was, it completely turned and revolutionized the airline industry. Well, and how many years later now, 40 years later, you've had an unheard of in any industry really, but within the airline industry especially, 40 years or 40 plus years of consecutive profitability? Right. So we've been around for about 43 years and and 41 years uh, plus of of consistent annual profits, which in an industry that is turbulent, um, like the airline industry, that it really is a remarkable effort, and it's been because of a you know a dedication to being the low cost provider in the industry, uh, and a dedication to doing things just a little bit differently. And and again, we think our people are at the center of that. Um, anybody can fly airplanes, um, you know. Anybody can sell tickets and and provide the type of um, service, air service that we do. But we think that the um, the fun we have with our customers, the irreverence that we bring. Um, to the flying experience is something that, you know, sets us apart from our competitors. Yes, and you talk about those dedicated employees, the ones who live that, live and work the Southwest way, as you said. You still have several people around from the very early years, as I recall, something around a dozen of them perhaps? Well, we do. You know, there was uh, was 175 warriors uh, that helped, you know, put Southwest Airlines in the sky and uh, we do still have about a dozen of those original employees who still work for us today, um, including several flight attendants. And in fact, they like to joke <laughs> that uh, they've been around uh, from the very beginning when we um, asked our, our then hostesses 
uh, to wear hot pants and go-go boots. So they've been with us, they like to say, um, from hot pants to hot flashes. <laughs> That's priceless. Yeah, that that is great. And now, of course, you've grown to, uh, what, something like 46,000 employees. And what really impressed me with all of those employees and all of these years, you've never had a pay cut and you've never had to furlough anyone? That's correct. Um, we are actually the most heavily unionized airline in the U.S. airline industry, and a lot of people don't necessarily know that because they, in their mind, they have the perception of unions, you know, equals bad. Uh, um, we've had tremendous relationships with our uh, various union groups, and we do. We have 46,000 employees. Um, we serve 90-plus uh, cities in North America, Mexico, and Caribbean, um, along with our subsidiary Airtran Airways. And never uh, in our history has there been a pay cut for any of our employees, and we've not had a layoff. Talk to us about the ways that you have been able to create an environment in which, well, obviously you treat your employees very well in terms of salary and benefits, and there's job security. Uh, if you're, you're, you're obviously doing that very well. But what are some of the other ways that you manage to involve the employees and customers too, for that matter, because you, you talk about people and, and you've got your employees and you have customers. How have you been able to involve those in the Southwest experience so that people want to, as an employee, stay and as a customer, continue to return? Yeah, you know, a number of different ways. Um, certainly in the world we live in today, uh, there are multiple social media platforms that are available to companies to engage with their various stakeholders, so employees and customers alike. Um, we've got a very robust, uh, you know, engagement strategy to be able to, you know, have fun with our employees, have fun with our customers on a daily basis using multiple social platforms such as Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, and there are, you know, every single day we have customers that are sharing pictures of their journey on Southwest Airlines. We have employees that are sharing pictures of the various culture events, and, and that has proven uh, just to be a fantastic uh, way for us to, you know, have dialogue, have interactions with our customers and our employees. Um, another way is that we are you know, we're heavily involved in the communities that we serve. And so we don't just, we, we say we don't just fly there, but, you know, we live and work there as well. And, um, you know, we, we try our best in every city that we serve to plug into the passion points of that local community. And we do it with our employees um, mm -hmm. through volunteerism. Um, and then we also invite our customers to take part in that as well. You know, when we have a local event going on where we're involved with a charity or we're doing some sort of, um, you know, projects to, to, to help the environment or the local community, we'll invite our customers you know, to kind of roll up their sleeves and, and come alongside us and work. And, and we have many who do, um, which is just, you know, very gratifying. When we celebrated our 40th anniversary, um, we partnered with uh, the Student Conservation Association, and we basically wrapped an RV and flew it, or flew it, <laughs> we drove the RV all around um, the United States. And um, each at each stop, we, we said we had 40 projects in 40 cities. And um, at every stop, we would invite our employees and our customers out to join us in whatever might have been the, the volunteer project that was taking place in that particular community. Mm -hmm. And that was just um, wildly successful. 
Right. So it gives it gives your customers an opportunity to see Southwest as more than a logo, to see Southwest as more than people behind a ticket counter, as more than a, a jet that they're boarding. It, it you're real people uh, with real lives, just like your customers' lives, and you're out there in the community uh, creating a relationship and a bond with those people. Yeah, we like to so you know a couple of phrases that we that we toss around pretty regularly, you know, within the walls of Southwest Airlines is that we're in the customer service business. We just happen to fly airplanes. Right. We really do want all of our employees situated around understanding that we're here to serve our customers. The business that we're in happens to move people around on airplanes, but never forget that the customer service element really is our it's our brand differentiator. Um, it is. It is. You know, we hope. We hope why people get up and come to work every day because they really do uh, enjoy serving. You know, their their customers. Um, and then we also like to say that we take our competition seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. So we do want to build. Uh, you know, a culture and an environment where people can bring their whole self to work. Um, they don't have to leave their personalities at the door. Uh, and where our customers. You know, hopefully experience a you know a brand that is you know irreverent. I know we have flight attendants who regularly um, use the opportunity to tell jokes or sing a song yes. um, when they're on the PA systems um, and and sharing information with our customers. And so we we do want it to be an experience again that is just a little bit different than you could get on our competitors. Yes, and what what I think is an important lesson here for our business listeners today is. When you treat your employees the way that Southwest treats their employees, they turn around and treat the customers the same way. And when you were here in Kansas City, you showed a clip of a customer being treated. Uh, she, she was going to have an operation, and someone uh, that was on your staff uh, accompanied her. She didn't have to do this, but she found out about the woman's situation. The woman was a little afraid and it consoled her and made sure she got to the, got to the city she needed to go to, uh, with, with her company, her, and then called afterwards to find out how the operation went. I mean, with that extra mile. I just found that phenomenal. You know, we when we find these incredible employees, um, going above and beyond or doing whatever it takes uh, is not an extraordinary effort for them. It's something that they do regularly, and the, and the stories are just amazing. I mean, I you know I've heard stories uh, of a customer who arrived at LAX, and um, uh, fortunately we had damaged her wedding dress in route uh, in baggage. And the customer service agent who was assisting this customer, they were about the same size. She ran home, pulled her wedding dress out, and let the customer borrow it. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, we, we've had stories, yeah, uh, where, you know, we had a pilot who was getting ready to, you know, back up from the gate and, and depart the flight and got, last, um, you know, last-minute word that a customer was running um, to the airplane and to please try not to leave because he had he was – um, there was an emergency, and there had been, a, you know, a, a death, um, tragic death in his family, and he was trying to get from one city to the other to be with his family. And the captain, you know, knew enough to hold the airplane. And, yes, it might have left a few minutes late, but it made all the difference in the world to that man who was, you know, dashing to try and be with his family. And then the situation you described where, you know, we have a lot of technology around us, and so it's very easy to be high-tech, 
Um, these days, it's not as easy to be high touch, and we right. encourage our employees to remember that. That while technology may enable a customer to do business with us in a more easy um, and convenient way, it is that human connection, that love relationship that we have the opportunity to develop that will make a difference for that customer and keep them coming back. Absolutely. And the situation you described, you know, that 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 customer. Um, could have gone up to the kiosk, got her boarding pass, and walked away and never had a connection with our employee. But our employee saw that she was in some distress and, and, you know, asked the reason for her travel and found out what the circumstances were, that she was actually going to another city to, um, you know, meet with a specialist and have open-heart surgery. And that employee took it upon herself to, you know, take care of her, make sure she got where she needed to go, and then she did. She followed up with family members after her surgery just to make sure that she would be okay. And, you know, they've created a lifelong bond. And, and those stories go on and on and on throughout Southwest history. And it really is, um, you know, it, it's a remarkable place when people feel empowered to have those kinds of connections with our customers. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Benedictine College. We're talking with Linda Rutherford, the Vice President of Communications and Outreach for Southwest Airlines. We'll be right back. You're progressing in your career, but at a pace that feels slow. You're ready to make great strides and invest in yourself. With your work and home schedule, how do you accomplish this? The Executive MBA program at Benedictine College, Kansas City's only one-year Executive MBA program, is the answer. The competency gained and character built are outcomes that are of immediate and future value regardless of your future path. Go to benedictine.edu slash EMBA. People ask me all the time, what does it take to be successful? Whether it's your personal or your professional life, success always comes from within. I'm Devon Plumberg, and I'm your host for Divine Leverage, Success from the Inside Out. We'll have powerful topics, we'll have provocative thoughts, and we'll have even more practical tips to build your success. So join me at noon Central Time every Tuesday on Blog Talk Radio, Smart Company, Thinking Bigger Radio Network, for Divine Leverage, Success from the Inside Out. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Company Radio. I'm the publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Linda Rutherford. She's the Vice President of Communications and Outreach for Southwest Airlines, where she has been since 1992. So Linda has seen a lot of history with Southwest. We've been talking about the employees and how they're empowered and that that empowers them to serve customers because there's a lot of focus on People. As Linda pointed out, they're in the customer service business, customer experience business first, and they just happen to move people across the country, across uh, the country in, in airplanes. So talk to us now, Linda, uh, about storytelling. You did tell a few stories there, but how, how can smaller businesses, so, some people who are listening today who are small businesses might be thinking, oh, but that's Southwest Airlines. They have all these tools at their disposal. They have much larger budgets. How can I, as a smaller business, employ storytelling in shaping my brand and shaping my culture? You know, storytelling can scale to anything. You can have a business with four employees or 4,000. Um, and, and every organization, every firm, every business has a 
story. Um, some of it could be, you know, the story of how the business was founded, as I mentioned in our case on the cocktail map. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you have, you have stories for things that you do for your customers, even if your customers are other businesses. Um, you know, a B2B. It doesn't have to be a B2C company. Um, you know, pull those stories out. You can do it in the form of testimonials. Ask your customers what you do for them that makes their uh, business run better or their lives easier. And, you know, pull those stories. Do quick interviews. Um, you know, you can share them in any number of ways. You know, there are so many free tools. Um, you could do short videos on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, and share them. But there is there is such power in telling the story. First of all, I think to build pride among your employees um, for you know for what you stand for, for what your brand is. Um, you know, there are success stories that you can tell. I even think that there's benefit in storytelling when maybe something didn't quite go as planned, and the lesson you learned from it because right. the, the um, the openness to being vulnerable sometimes and saying we tried this and it didn't work and so um, you know we went another direction and I think people really appreciate uh, you know employees customers alike appreciate when someone's willing to admit that you know a mistake was made and you know here's the here's how we course corrected right it reminds, I, I just don't, it, that that reminds me of something somebody said earlier this week they were talking about how so many businesses that when they do finally embrace uh, importance and the value of storytelling, they try to whitewash it. They come up with these immaculate conception scenarios of how their company got started that are just so inauthentic that nobody would believe them, and they really shouldn't even go through the exercise of doing it because they've got the very uh, fundamentals of storytelling wrong, and that people really do uh, latch onto or empathize with some of those hard knocks and some of the bumps you might have had along the way. So your points will have taken. And it's you know it's, it is remarkable. I mean, if you there are tons of of mistakes that are talked about in corporate America. I mean, if you think of the company 3M that makes all the office products, mm-hmm. they love to tell the story about how the Post-it note was actually discovered um, or you know developed by accident. Right. They're trying to do something else. Uh, and, and created an adhesive that, it, that then you know, went on to create all, all these different products that, that we know as Post-it notes today. Um, so they're really, and there's a story everywhere. There's a story in every corner of the organization. Um, it could be what in, what your employees do, do when they're not. Um, you know, we have a whole series that we run inside our company called Off the Clock, hmm. where we get to hear about and appreciate employees for what they do, not necessarily when they're on the job, but when they're away from Southwest Airlines. And we have marathon runners and chefs and volunteer firefighters um, and rodeo clowns. Um, and you know, all of those things really do just lead to a richer, I think, understanding and appreciation of your business, again, both by your employees and your customers. Absolutely. You mentioned very early on uh, in this conversation that you, you hire employees who have a warrior spirit, a servant heart, and a fun-loving approach or fun-loving attitude. How do you find employees like that? I know so many small businesses that would literally give their IT for (laughs) even one employee like that. You have 46,000 of them. Uh, What do you do to recruit for those types of characteristics? Well, we, we do spend uh, a lot of time in the sourcing and recruiting, and I think more than anything, we uh, um, we avoid the temptation to get into a hurry mm-hmm. when we are, you know, when we have an open 
position. We we always say select, don't settle. Yeah. Uh, so you know, there's there's really got to be that high five moment in your head when you're talking to an employee to know that you've got the exact right person. And if it's ever a well, he or she could do the job, you know, keep keep looking. Um, you know, don't don't settle. And uh, we we're looking. We like to say that we. Um, we hire for attitude and train for skill, and, and then I always joke and say, but don't worry, our pilots do know how to fly planes. <laughs> um, but we're looking for, we are looking for that right attitude, um, and, and again, I mentioned early on that teamwork orientation, that altruistic, um, you know, approach to life. You know, we've been known uh, to turn away highly talented people because they didn't have the right you know, personality or DNA to be successful at Southwest Airlines. And, you know, a few examples are, you know, we had a um, a, a very capable pilot candidate, uh, but when he came in for an interview, he was rude to the front desk receptionist and uh-huh. he was trying to check in and find out where he needed to go. Well, the, the receptionist who, you know, has a lot of pride in saying, you know, it, it's actually statistically more difficult to get into Southwest Airlines uh, than it is to get into Harvard. And we take great pride in that. Um, because we are very picky, and and you know she was able to share with a recruiter to to say that this person's behavior, you know, indicated that there might be some, you know, personality issues that that might not make him the best candidate, and and he was not successful in in, you know, getting hired at Southwest Airlines. So, you know, a lot of times people will ask, well, do you have a personality test? And we don't, um, but we do spend a lot of time in the interview process. Clearly, you get to the interview, we've read your we think you're qualified with screen. So now we're just really looking for that chemistry fit. Mm-hmm. So we do ask a lot of conversational questions that help drive that, you know, how you're built, how you go about your work, what is your work ethic, how do you define success, um, how have you handled difficult situations, you know, either, you know, a hard, to, a hard project or, or maybe there was a difficulty with a team member and how did you work your way through that. We do ask a lot of probing questions questions in that way so that you bring up previous work experiences that give us a glimpse into how you problem solve, um, how you approach teamwork, um, how you define success. And you'd be surprised. A lot of people, you know, will tell a story that basically tells you that they believe the project was successful because of their involvement solely. Um, So there's a lot that happens in that, in the storytelling process of an interview um, that really gives us insight to to know what kind of candidate we might be getting. Right. All good points. And you have been a wealth of insight here today on how to build a culture and in the process of doing that, build your brand. uh, One that, as I said earlier, has become, uh, you know, among the most highly coveted in business today. Linda, thank you for your time, and uh, we really appreciate you being here. Well, thank you all so much. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at www.ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at IThinkBigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.